man. Let's start with um, Isaiah 11. I want to end us with um, Ephesians 3 prayer. Um, but we'll start off with Isaiah 11, just to repeat something I said the other day from verse 1. Once you're there. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Mm. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. Yeah. The spirit of counsel and might and of might. The spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. Mm. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. And his delight will be in the fear of the Lord. That's what scripture says. Um, I wanted us to start off with this scripture because it starts off with the assurance of something coming out of an impossible place. Um, where are we as a family? And look, there's some, if I could, I would have everyone here tonight. And it would have just been easy to say, okay, let's put the stream on. But there's some things that are sensitive when you want to pray. You want um, as little distractions as possible. So for me, when I'm praying, I'm always worshipping and I'm praying and worshipping and praying. That's the way I pray. But that's not important tonight. My gist is, or the first thing I wanted to highlight is the fact that the promise here, the prophetic word is out of a place that seems cut off, dry, producing nothing, a shoot will come up. A shoot um, will spring forth. That's what scripture reassures us of. So in case you're listening to me and it looks like um, nothing's budding, yeah, we're going to see what caused there to be life out of something that was dead. Again, tonight it's not um, revelation, but I'll get to points very quickly tonight. What enabled life out of what was dead was where the spirit chose to rest. Yeah. Is where the spirit chose to rest. Again, why am I starting with this scripture? We're going to Ephesians 3, but why are we starting with this scripture? The fact that, read from verse 1 again. Look at what it says. In case you'd like to jump past it, go on. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. A shoot will come up from where was cut off, where it's lifeless. A shoot will come up, new life will spring forth. Go on. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Gone. The spirit of the Lord will rest. So before we get to that part, again, the reassurance that they will begin to produce, they will begin to bear fruit. I know things look, um, it's like you're trying, you're trying. And it looks like with all efforts that you're putting in, it almost looks like um, we still come out with, in quote, semen zero. It looks like with all the wording you've been you've been involved in, all the listening over of the word. I, do you know what I realized today, actually, before I get into this? I realized in as much as it's become a practice that we get into the word often, I realized I don't control the word. No, the, that's just actually me. Uh, when I went upstairs, I realized because personally, I was so sure that we wasn't going to do anything tonight. The later it got. But then I realized that it would be easier to have just done this earlier, for example. But I think 
there's something personally I think that God is trying to teach me that I don't control the word. Um, you can't um, truly measure how willing or how much you yield if something else doesn't impose itself on you. So that's an, honestly a humbling teaching for me personally. But again, so look at this scripture. It says that it will, out of a dead place, we will bear fruit. So if it looks like we've been trying, whether it's locked in, whether it's studio club, whether it's um, um, all the businesses, proficiency, everything we're doing, if it looks dead, if it looks like it's without fruit, scripture reassures us first, the prophetic word, that it will begin to bud again new life will come out of it. It may not be, and I think this is prophetic, it may not be as you thought it will be, but the life that will come out of it will be new. Are you listening to the word? The life that will come out of this dead place will be new and it will produce branches, it will reach. And even in its reach, it will begin to bear fruit. Now, we've tackled this before. I think with the little description i've given you now we understand the promise of god that even if a place is dead know for sure it will come back to life it will produce new life actually but we have to pay attention to what causes this to be it says that the spirit of the lord will rest on him and then it begins to explain how it comes in pairs go on the spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of wisdom and understanding will rest on you and that's what will cause you to begin to bear fruit out of a dead place. Yeah, go on. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of counsel and of might. I said this to you the other day, that the secret and the method behind David's constant victory in the battle was that it wasn't, a testament to his physical strength. We can't celebrate his um, years in military school because he didn't go through military school. What made him successful, what made him mighty, what produced mighty men out of his loins was the counsel he was always privy to hear. Do you know that nights like this where I can boldly say to you, I know we love the word, but me coming to you humbly saying that, I realize only going upstairs that I don't control the word. But the word still comes to us and speak to us. Can I tell you that those of us who hear, those of us who obey, those of us who, and I'm going to get to a point, those of us who chooses to rely on these words, do you know that we are the ones that will show might on the battlefield? Realizing that finances is not just a reward. Finances is never a reward. Finances is um, um, plunder of war. Finances is the battle. It's, it's um, the physical evidence of a one battle. I was saying this to Abdesola earlier. If you're going to move from 1K to 5K, do you understand? It's not just that money is just going to start coming through your, your hands. You, have, you would have fought the battle of becoming better, of selling yourself better. You would have won the battle of um, um, being bold. You would have won the battle of um, losing and gaining. You would have won the battle and that's what will make you get there. But why I'm bringing all of these things to you is that 
in order to display might, it works hand in hand with counsel. Carry on reading before I get to the point I want to make. The spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. You see, with that, you will also have knowledge, but you also have fear. You know, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Another um, point in scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So if I don't have fear, I won't know. Now, why am I showing you this scripture? And I, I know it's late. I encourage you to do whatever you can to stay awake. Because again, I don't control this word. Um, I, uh, yeah, just stay awake. But let me show you why this is important. All of this will happen as a result of the Holy Spirit being able to rest. Do you know what I realized? Yeah. And you can imagine that you'll be thinking, when does these words come to you? I'm trying to tell you that there's a download. Um, do you know what I realized? The Holy Spirit can't fully function with us if we are active. The Holy Spirit will not be able to rest if we are active. We being our own flesh, our own way, if that's active, if our efforts and desires are active, the Holy Spirit will not be able to rest. So if things are dead and things have not come to life, I'll go to Hebrews 4 actually. If things haven't gone to life or, or, or life hasn't sprung out, do you know why I've realized the issue is? God is still waiting for you to die. For about the common PT made and we know the scripture. If the spirit that raised Christ from the dead, and look at the emphasis there. The spirit only raised him when he got to the position of death. As far as he's active, even Jesus, he cannot fully explore. Um, hear me out now because I don't want to get into the, you know, there's a sensitive topic when you speak the word which is like the topic of salvation, yeah? Salvation, you have got salvation and that's eternal to you, yeah? The moment you confess Christ. The difference is there are rewards reserved for you. But you see that reward, they are conditional. If we will receive them, they're conditional, yeah? We'll get to that in a moment. So if the spirit in Christ, if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if it dwells in you, what does it say? It will quicken your mortal bodies. PT emphasize what your mortal bodies are. And let me just simply say, the body that is subject to death. But the spirit is only active when you've become inactive. So everything going on with us right now is the spirit waiting for us to exhaust our own strength. Um, be weaned of our own will. Well, I want us to go to Hebrews 4 is because the Hebrews 4 tells us how powerful and precise the word is. That even when we do not know, you know, you may not be able to tell between unless you're taught. Um, let me give an example now. Um, in fact, before I get there, I actually get there. So it says here that the spirit of God has to rest before you start to bud. So I want you to keep that in mind again. Counsel works with might. Wisdom works with understanding. 
and knowledge works with the fear of God and the fact that you delight in that fear. You actually delight in that. Now, why am I taking you through all of this? We're still going to Ephesians. But before we get there, let's stop off by Hebrews 4, as PT quoted it or read it to us yesterday. Hebrews 4, maybe read from verse 11. I'm going to 12, but from verse 11. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest. Let us make every effort to enter that rest. Um, so the striving part is to try and get into the rest. I want you to hear me out now. But look at what the author of Hebrews says to us. Let us make every effort to enter that rest. What does that mean? Read it once more for me so I can just say something. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest. Go on. So that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Do you see that? I needed it to be complete. It says, so no one will follow their own example of disobedience. So what's the author saying here? What's the Spirit of God saying here? Strive to obey. Your fight is to obey. But let me tell you what I realized. We cannot hide ourselves from the word. The word is referred to as a sword, double-edged, emphasis on its, <coughs> the emphasis being on its sharpness. Look at what it says from verse 12. I'll but, make this short tonight, but go on. For the word of God is alive and active. It's alive and it's active. So I can't be active and the word active. The spirit can't be active and I'm active because the words I speak to you, they are spirit and life. The reason why I say you should fight to stay awake is because these words are the administration of spirit. I'll show you a scripture. That's why we fight for moments like this. We fight for everything to receive God's word, to receive his spirit. He says that the, the word of God is alive and it is active. Now look at what he says about it. Sharper than any double-edged sword. There is nothing more potent than the word of God. Go on. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. Do you know how close the soul and spirit is? Your naked eye, your brain cannot discern and tell apart. But the word of God is so precise. That even when a pastor Obi believes he's ready for this, there are things I have not discerned of myself that I have to submit myself to the words to discern for me. Because it's so intertwined, so entangled, that it's possible for me to believe that God is refusing my prayer or is not listening to me or all of this is going to waste. I can believe that if I don't keep coming to the word because what the word would do is show me the difference between soul and spirit. There are times that we believe that we want to give because our hearts are right are in right standing with God. But the word keeps coming and shows us areas that we could not have discerned with our naked eye. Could not have discerned our own heart. Look at what it says to the dividing of the soul and spirit. Yeah. Joints and marrow. Joints and marrow. I'm coming there. Again, why I need you to hear this is because you and I believe that we warrant or we are ready for a certain level. But the word of God keeps coming 
trying to prepare us for it. The word of God is not ignoring you. You know, all the givings you've done, all the efforts we have had, all the word sessions we have sat in, all the sound clouds we have gone back to listen to, they are not, they are not um, to no avail. They are doing something. I know that we ourselves became the great judge of ourselves. So we can wake up one day and say we're forgiven. You see what I've just said to you? Is it true that you're forgiven? Yes. But the perspective behind why you believe you're forgiven is why you don't get the results of a forgiven person. So I can say I'm forgiven just because of the way I feel. Or I can say I'm forgiven by the revelation of the blood of Christ. Two different things. You see why I'm showing you that? How do I then judge rightly? Not by feeling, not by soul, but by word. Word tells me, Pastor Obi, as much as you think that you're ready for this level, you're not. However, I'm not ignoring you. I'm not refusing you. I'm not denying you. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? I'm not denying you. Actually, I am working on you to make you ready to the dividing of soul and spirit. Tendons. No, we haven't even got there. Joint and marrows. Go on. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Do you remember that? It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Carry on reading. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So do you know what I realize? God sees me clearly. The word discerns me clearly as I am. So what we have to keep doing, I realize, because I'm going to show you a scripture before I lead you to the scripture that I want us to pray with. Yeah, and make you understand why we pray that prayer. But I, I've now understood or I understand how important family is. You wouldn't think I'm going there, but I've realized how important family is. That we are now regulated. This is a time we should be sleeping, but we're regulated by when the word says it's time for word. Even a pastor Obi whose mind hasn't caught up with what he thinks he should speak. It's just the word saying it's time for the word. That's why I'm saying hear me. So again, look at the points we've tackled so far. That even from a dead place, new life will come. And branches will bear fruit. Doesn't matter how dead things are. Do not sign yourself off because it, it looks like nothing's happening. There's something after that. There's something after the semen death or the semen, the semen um, um, unfruitfulness. What will happen is that scripture would then reveal to us what causes us to blossom. It says the ability for the spirit to rest. The ability for the word to rest if the word can rest because you are no longer active you will begin to blossom now we've gone into hebrews 4 and the hebrews 4 it says we should strive to obey that we should not follow the pattern of our own disobedience and then we will probably be thinking but i am here for the word i'm not carrying out the the struggles I know as my struggles. I'm believing God. I'm sowing, but nothing's changing. Then the word, 
then says, you can't discern yourself. For the word of God is like, it's, um, um, it's like a double-edged sword. It's alive and active. It's able to divide between soul and spirit. It sees me clearly. Verse 13 goes to the place and it starts to say that. Um, read verse 13. It says, um, go and read it. Nothing is in all creation is hidden from Nothing God's sight. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. So when it looks, and I'm trying to emphasize this point, when it looks like you're trying and nothing is going on, God can see us through and through. He can see us clearly. But I feel like the charge he's given me is to tell you and to tell us that his, his semen not answering is not denial or refusal. It's actually saying he's working. Because only him can, maybe a different translation talks about the ability to see past ligaments and tendons. You know, with the naked eye or unless you're well versed in that area, you don't know the difference. But the, the sword is that sharp to cut between the two. I think there's some places in my life, if I'm to be honest with you, that may be intertwined and I think it's something. But God is saying, I know what it is. So let me work on you. So why am I showing you these scriptures? Because the, li the word is alive and active. The word is not dead. Sometimes it looks like we've done two hour words in the middle of the night, sometimes in the morning during the day and it looks like nothing's happening no god reassures us that the word is active now if you don't believe that it means you have not come to the place of obeying the word or believing it can i remind you that what made the children of israel to whom the promise had come to why they did not get into the rest why they didn't enter god's rest was because they failed to mix what they heard yeah, with faith. They were people stuck in the realm of feeling. You know, because you guys are tired, I know you're not hearing what I'm saying. They, they got stuck in the realm of feeling. If they were hungry and it looked like God wasn't going to provide them with food, they complained, stuck in the realm of feeling. You know, Peter got to a place where he did not want to lose out on his master. But he was functioning from the realm of feeling soul. But you see, did he think what he was saying was bad? His soul and spirit were so intertwined. Because he was thinking, how can the Lord be killed at the hands of normal men? It looks like something the spirit drives. But the word scripture emphasized, and I will emphasize tonight, that the word that I speak to you is actually spirit. It's not a feeling. It's a word being spoken. So the issue is now, we, when I'm saying that we have to be active, you see right now, it looks like nothing's happening. It's warm. You're tired. But I'm trying to tell you, not by feeling, but by word, therefore spirit, that the word is doing a work. You're making progress. We are making progress. We're heading towards rest. But you must discern that or you must believe that because word has said it, not because of how you feel. If you stay too long in the realm of feeling, and I imagine these things are not things that are premeditated, so I know it's prophetic. If you stay in the realm of feeling, 
you will feel frustrated more than you feel faithful or full of faith. You have to be careful of that because frustration is not going to lead you to the next place. It does not lead you to the next realm. It's like you've tried and things are not working or you feel like you've done things wrong and you feel like you're growing in frustration. I'm actually saying to you now tonight that you must be careful what drives you, what controls you. And that's why we have to keep bringing ourselves to the word so that the word can make it clear what is soul and what is spirit. Do you understand that? So the word is active right now as we're speaking. Tomorrow when PT speaks, when Pastor Oni speaks, active. Sunday, it's active. Doesn't matter how long you've been doing this. Just know that the word is not dead. It's doing a work in Nana. Even if Nana does not feel it, God does not operate in the realm of feeling. He operates as spirit. For God is spirit. He just operates as what is truth and powerful. So he says that we should not, we should do all to strive to obey. Um, maybe find me the scripture where it says that they did not enter because what they heard was not mixed with faith. It's still in the book of Hebrews. Let me see if I can find it here because I've got my Bible here. Um, still find me that scripture. It's important. Um, I didn't check this before. Talk to me. 3.19. Did you say? Yeah. Go on. So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Okay. So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Now, why is that important? You see, like I said, it's what will cause you to not believe what the word is saying is because you, you believe what you are feeling. You look at uh, lack and you don't believe that you're rich. You know, Christ or God boasted in the fact that what he says will happen. And he says, again, why they didn't enter was just because, you know, when we read the scripture, we think of wilderness and we think of all of these things. And all of these things were written for our sake. But what I need you to pay attention with all of this is the fact that why they simply did not enter what God had predestined for them, yeah, was because they believed in what they felt. You can't believe in what you feel and, can, and believe in what he is saying at the same time. I think you should keep that in mind. Now, look at this. Hebrews chapter 3. Um, read from verse 1 for me. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling. Fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Mm -hmm. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses. Pay attention to this though, yeah? Verse three again. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. Mm. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house 
bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful. He was faithful on account that he bore witness to what was spoken. Not what was happening. He wasn't a man looking at. He Look, you would think Moses was being fed the same time Israel was being fed. Yet he did not complain when it looked like there was no food. Because his life, his faith was bearing witness to what was being said. Not to what he was seeing. So what God is saying to us, I think he's noticing our frustration. And he's saying, even that can't take you to your next level. What can only take you to your next level, stay with me because I'm getting to a point, the only thing that can take you to the next level is how mature and how well you follow what was said. Can you live abundantly and joyfully on account of what was said? Those that conquered before, how did they go and take nations? Not based on what they saw. Because you see, your feelings can be instigated by what you see as well. If they saw giants, they can start to feel fear. But those that went to conquer certain cities, they conquered because of a word they heard. They lived in that word. They mixed that word with faith. And so they were able to bring down what you should never be able to bring down. So what I need, what we need to do is record the word spoken over us and live in it before we can live in it. We must recognize it as our substance. So if I look at an IB and I believe that IB should be able to do whatever it is, when will she begin to prosper? The moment she begins to live in it. Do you understand that? No, so she already lives out of that word. And that word leads her to the physical manifestation of it. Yeah. Faith is the substance. It's tangible. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Why would we be billionaires or millionaires or whatever the next level of wealth is? Because we give like it. Yeah. On account of what we've heard. Not based on what we see. Yeah. For my righteous will live by faith and not by sight. They will not be moved by feeling. So what God is calling to account tonight is what does Esther feel about herself? What is the word saying concerning her and what is she choosing? What she feels or what the word is saying? It's because of this that we are aggressive about giving. If PT comes and he says there's 300k that we should be given, guess what? On account of what he said, I know that 300k is available. Not based on what I'm seeing. I don't care if Bailiff is chasing us in the house. I don't live based on sight. For by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by what? The words of God. Not by what I'm seeing. I can begin to frame a world, a world based, or worlds rather, by the words I am hearing and speaking. So now look at what this scripture says. It says that Jesus, go back to where it says Jesus is found more worthy. Maybe start from verse 3 again. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses. Yeah. Just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. Uh-huh. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what he to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful. Pause there. So uh, please break this down and 
just underline this part because I know you're a bit tired, but go back and read it because it's much deeper. Moses was found faithful on account that he, um, he how, do, how was it said? Bearing, he started to bear witness of what would be spoken by God in the future. So there are things that God is saying later that he was living now. That's what God saw him as faithful as, or that's what God accounted him as faithful as. Now, that's what you're already doing when you're giving. Again, as an example, when you're giving, when you're caring, when you're choosing to care for a generation, you're living out what God is saying of you in the future. Upon that, he calls you faithful. Now, why is that important? Again, the power of word and living in that word. Now carry on with what he says. Underline that, but carry on with what he says. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. And we are his house. Yeah. If indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. So you see what I'm showing you this scripture. At this point, when you think about the context of what's being said here, the terminology of house as a building shifts to a house as a collection of people. Do you understand that or are you just saying yeah to me? Yeah? It's no longer talking about bricks. It shifts to a collection of people, God's family. And he says, we are his family, conditionally, not unconditionally. Okay, read it again. Verse 6. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. And Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. Then he defines his house. Go on. And we are his house. And listen, and we are his house. And it would have been lovely if it ended there. Because there are certain things when God begins to speak, when we chose to believe that Christ is the son of God who died, came as man, died and resurrected after three days, salvation was sure. But you see what we're looking at now? We're pressing in into the rewards that God has in store for his family, which we have seen over generations. People have not been able to open that vault. It says that you have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Do you understand that God is trying to say that there's a vault that is storing up your rewards? There are treasures for Abyssola. There are treasures for Dami. But you see what the problem is? That place is like, sorry that I have to, I hope this don't confuse you. That place is God's rest. And you have to enter it by belief. You have to enter that place with faith. But faith is not the mental capacity to say, oh, I just believe. You live out a certain way. Look at what he says so that, I don't, so that we can break this down as easy as possible. He says that, and we are his house. Go on. If indeed. The moment you hear the word if, he tells you there's a condition. So it's possible for you to be his house one day and not be his house tomorrow. That when we, again, the, the terminology shifted from being a building to being a collection of people, God's family. If I am the son of a rich father, I know by right of being son, being son, being his family, that I have the inheritance. Yeah. 
But he says that how do you remain to be God's family? So why I needed us to go here before we go to Ephesians 3 is because the prayer that he began to pray out and according to his riches was for those who can remain family. Not everyone's family. Oh, you're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. It, not everyone, because we have just seen from this scripture that the family status is conditional. If and we are his house, if we do what? If indeed we hold firmly to our confidence. If we hold firmly to our confidence. What is our confidence? This word. How do you, now why do you have to hold firmly to it? Because feelings will tell you otherwise. You will start to think that God is angry with you because it looks like things are not happening after all your prayer, after all your hard work trying to build a business, after all your giving. You will feel like God is saying otherwise. But God says your ability to stay as family is going to be based on your ability to hold on to what I've been saying to you. Ah, the reward of Canaan were for the few who were able to hold on to what he said about Canaan. The issue is most people forgot what he said about Canaan when they saw, so they started to feel different to what God had said. So I'm saying of Paul, Paul is a major leader, a general that will have a constant flow, endless finance. Now, you see what I'm saying? He may think I'm saying it out of zeal. Do you understand? But if he believes what I'm saying as God's word induced by the spirit, spoken by the spirit if he lives in that truth holding on to it that's how he journeys through the wilderness into God's rest where there's a bountiful riches stored for you and I so you see in the wilderness there were many tests and trial that was calling to question their feelings and God just constantly said, like, you still don't know the power of my word, that if you are hungry, just ask. And I will call there, I will cause down food that you've never known or your fathers has never known. I'll cause down, down manna to come to you. It's like, if there's a word saying that we have to do 300K, I realize there's no, how do I say this now without confusing you? There's no sign of that. There's no bond. For the 300k but god was not make god did not speak it making me go and look for the barn he spoke it saying in that word there's a storage of it i believe we now have access to the things that we're calling for because the word came to us if i believe i have access into that do you understand this so he says that if we we are his house we are his family if go on if indeed, if we, indeed what? we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. And the hope in which we glory. So what is God calling us into again tonight? What is he trying to remind us? That the word actually is a world of itself. The word didn't come to you expecting you to be able to do what it's saying. Or the word did not come to you expecting you to go and find it outside of the word. So you realize why I've said this to you before. It's whenever we're, it's a given season that there's an increase of word. And I'm always thinking about how, I, if I need to reach this, I need time to go and reach it. And God is saying, no, until you leave the realm of feeling and enter the realm of faith, 
you would then know that it's in my word that everything you are looking for, the word is asking for you is in it. For it is God working in us both to will, but also to do. He's not giving you the will then saying you go do. Ezekiel chapter 36, I believe. Verse 27, I hope that's the scripture. I was going to use that for yesterday's word charge. And I will put my spirit. That's the scripture. Go on. Look at what he says. And I will put my spirit in you. And I will put my spirit in you. And what? And move you to follow my decrees. And move you to follow my decrees. Imagine that God's not saying I'll just give you the word. The, the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. He says that I'm not just going to give you the word and expect you to move. I'm going to give you the word and move you. New King James, how's it said? Quickly. I will put my spirit, go on. Within you. Within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes. In case you didn't understand the part where it says move, it says and cause you. He's your mobilizer. It's the word that mobilizes us. He says, I will cause you. To do what? To walk in my statutes. So he understands it's not possible for us alone to do it. Do you understand how much power is in the man that believes? Because if he believes, he allows the word to work. He allows the word to work. So again, why am I showing you all of this? Let's just go all the way to Ephesians 3 now. And let me back or seal up the points that I'm saying to you tonight. So again, let me... Run this through so you don't forget. First point, that out of a dead place, new life can spring forth. New is the, the emphasis for me because sometimes you already have a mind of how things should be. But God is saying, what I'm trying to do with you is what you have not seen. New life will spring forth. Not only that, your branches will bear fruit. On the account on if the spirit can rest. If the word of God can rest over Ramses, then he will begin to blossom. And what usually causes the word not to be able to blossom in our lives or why we can't see the fruits in our life is simply because of this. We are active while he's active. Feelings are on overdrive. Someone wakes up and just feels downcast. And God is thinking, no, my word does not produce that. What's happening here is that I'm helping you. Hebrews 4.12 is where we went to. He's saying that I know you. I see it all. You cannot hide yourself from me. So as the word of God, it is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It's able to bring a divide between soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Are you hearing me? It's able to tell us that you see what you're feeling. As the more as you the more you're hearing the word, the more you're accepting the word, you're realizing, oh, so this didn't come because I thought I was mature, but the word is saying, no, you're not. And sometimes we're thinking, okay, is there an end to this dealing with us? Let the word do its work. The word is so gifted, it's so skilled, it is so good at what it does that it's never late to announce you. I know that we have set a time of when we should be announced. But if you allow the word, the word is skilled in making you. 
Peter could not make himself. It was the word Christ that came among them. And even if they looked like their world was over, there was a moment when it looked like everything that they had come to believe had died. But all of a sudden, what was birthed was what they could never have seen before. They had never seen a following and a loyalty of 3,000 people. It was a new life being budded. Why? Because the spirit can now rest on them because they were no longer active. Do not go anywhere. Stay in this place until the spirit comes on you. Stay inactive, in quote, until the spirit that makes you active, the word that is active, makes you active. For the spirit, I'll put the spirit, I'll put my spirit in you and cause you. He will move us. He mobilizes us. So why am I showing you all of these scriptures? Because I think God is trying to tell us that he is active with us. He is actively working on us. And that beats and transcends past the realm of feeling. Don't care how you feel. God is not moved by how you feel. Not moved in if you're happy or if you're sad. He operates according to spirit. So now let's go to Ephesians 3 and then I'll allow us to pray for a moment. Ephesians 3, read from verse 14 actually in the New King James. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Yeah. That he would grant you according to the riches of... Wait, wait, who would he grant? All believers, no, the family. Remember who the family is. It's a conditional matter. So we have seen people who has been active in the family, the nation family, but they left. They're not the family because scripture says that if they were ever, if they were ever us, they would never have left us. So who is the family? The people that are able to hold fast. I know things are tough, but. Do you have a word that keeps you even when everything is shaken? Oh, so, you know, the word is so sweet. So I remember when God was trying to tell us that what he's trying to do is shake everything that is shakable until he meets the bedrock of faith. Why? Because we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We're receiving something that beats whatever your mind could have imagined. There's something that God is trying to place in and on us, like he did with Peter, is called the kingdom, which cannot be shaken. But you see what scripture is trying to say to us here? It's only for the family. How do we know the family? The family are not a bunch of weak people. They have a word that keeps them steady. There's a word that they're just following. There's a word that it doesn't matter if it's raining. It doesn't matter if things are bad. They hold on to that word. That word is able to keep them firm when there's a storm and when everything is bright. It says that, so this is why I said it cannot be weaklings in this family because God intentionally, look, intentionally, the shaking of a house is not done by the devil, it's done by God. So if you're shaken, it just means that you have not believed. So I, I understand if I am a family, if I'm part of his family, it's simply because I was able to stand firm, hold fast to what we believe and the hope in which we glory. Now, why is this important? He says, um, the family on heaven, in heaven and earth, read from verse 15, I believe. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Yeah. 
That he would grant you. That he will grant you. So this is what I wanted to say yesterday. That he will grant you. Do you understand what a grant is? A sum of money given for a particular purpose. So God, when he was praying, when Paul was praying this prayer for the church in Ephesus, he was trying to, he, you know, before this, he was speaking how we have heard of you. He had heard of their zeal. But you see, what he didn't want them to be was an empty church. Generation after generation, we have found people who call on Christ, who has been saved. The truth is, because whoever calls on his name shall be saved. They have been saved. But do you know what's missing? Riches. Ability to carry out what God had purposed for them was missing. Resources to be able to carry out what God had purposed for them was missing. Why? Check our parents, check our predecessors, left in the realm of feeling. They just had feelings. There was no spirit. So the word was removed more and more from those kind of churches and it was replaced with, it's your auntie that's fighting your destiny. Feeling. Things that will only provoke hatred, not love. Takes you further and further away from the word. So he says to you and I, the family that makes it, the family that holds on to the faith, he tells us that he will grant you that there will be a sum of resources. There will be a funding that he will give you to carry out the grace he had put in you. Look at what he says, that he will grant you. Go on. According to the riches of his... So when we read um, um, Isaiah 11, what I was trying to show you there is that the filling of the spirit is not based on your efforts. He is the one that fills you. That's why the scripture says that he may grant you according not to your efforts, but according to his riches. He grants an afo, he grants a glody, he grants a dami, he grants each and every one of us according to his own riches. You know, so do you know what this scripture then calls for? This scripture is trying to tell us because does that mean that everywhere we go, we pray this prayer? This scripture is saying, if you're a family, yeah, you'll find yourself in a house that is rich. Look at the nation. You know, for years without fail, every service we've said mad word. Every service. It's not like uh, we're recalling the days of 2019. Do you understand? Like the word is so fierce now that sometimes you can't go back and listen to the last one. What I'm trying to say to you is that God can only supply you according to a house that is rich. What is, when you look at the family, the nation family, the house is rich. Look at the words that's being spoken to you and I. It's a rich house. He says that if you're going to be funded, Abby, to do what I have predestined in you, you can only be done, you can only carry that out according to a house that funds you. You have to find yourself in a house that has the ability to fund you. What does it fund you with? Wisdom, Amen. knowledge, and understanding. Are you hearing me? He strengthens you with word. That word keeps pushing you to keep going. Do you understand that? That word keeps so look, many of us would have given up if it's not for the type of house we're in. Because the word kept us going. We didn't have Pastor Toby tapping our back. What we had was God kept supplying us. As Paul was praying here, he kept supplying us with strength. 
according to his spirit. What's the spirit? The words I speak to you. They are spirit and life. He gave us strength according to the words he's speaking to us. So that he may grant you. Let me just end with this. Go on. According to the riches of his glory. According to the riches of his glory. Yeah. To be strengthened with might. To be strengthened with might. Yeah. Through his spirit. Through his spirit, his word, his counsel. Yeah. In the inner man. Go on. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. So this is the prayer we're going to pray. We acknowledge that we're part of a rich house. And what we're saying is that we need to be funded to carry out this work. How are we funded? The word. Remember that I told you that there's a realm of feeling that flesh brought us into, made us aware of. But before then, Adam did not know. How did he notice he was um, naked? He looked down or he looked down on himself or he felt wind, a gust of wind. And then he, he realized that, oh, damn, I'm actually naked. No, what the eating of the fruit did was make him aware into a realm that could not make him. Made him aware of a realm that could not make him. Yet when he was in the word, everything he needed was there. That's the world that God is calling us back into. So what I'm praying for, what we're praying for, what we're praying for the whole family, for the wealth family, life family and the whole family is that God will begin to supply our strength. He will fund us. He will grant us. When we come to the word, we're asking for grants. Give us the ability to go out and carry out what you're saying. That is his spirit. That is his word. So I want you to begin to pray and ask God for strength in your inner man by his spirit, by his word. Fund you to carry out what he has predestined you to do. I'm going to give you just five minutes to pray that prayer and then we will close tonight.